You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ahmed Munawar. Great conversation for you today with Anthony English. Anthony is somebody who I've gotten to know pretty well over the past few months. Love the work that he's doing. Love the vibe that he's giving off. He's so helpful. He's so generous. And he's got some fascinating perspectives to share with us here today on the show. Anthony tells us a story of how the work that he used to do as an IT specialist pretty much dried up overnight with the financial crisis of 2008. And Anthony found himself, you know, without a job, without any work to do, and without any real prospects. And he had to go through this process of pretty much reinventing himself and rebuilding his entire career from scratch. So in this episode, Anthony shares the steps that he took the process that he went through, and the lessons that he learned along the journey. I think you're going to love this conversation, and you're going to learn a ton from it. Show notes are at forecast.fm slash English. That's forecast.fm slash English. Before I let you go, if you haven't yet checked out my daily marketing podcast called Marketing Out Loud, I would love for you to give that a listen. Every single day, I bring you a tip a story, an insight, or something that I'm learning from building my own marketing practice and helping my clients build successful consulting and professional services businesses. It's five minutes a day, it's raw, it's unfiltered, and it's from the trenches, and I think you're going to love it. Check it out at marketingoutloud.fm or search for Marketing Out Loud wherever you get your podcasts. With that, here is Anthony English. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a delight. Early in the morning so, as well. <laughs> yeah, look, it's five 5.30 in the morning here in Sydney, which is great. Nice and fresh, vigorous. Mm, well. Yeah, well, you, you strike me as an early riser because I would be barely functional at that time of the morning, but good, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucky because I, I do a lot of work with um, with people in in different time zones, and so so it, it's an advantage to me. I'm actually a, a, both a night owl and an early bird. So. so what does that mean? That means you don't sleep at all? Uh, no, no, no. I do sleep. I just, uh, I just not heavily into the whole eight hours thing. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. So listen, Anthony, why don't you kick things off for us by giving us a, a little bit about of your, of your backstory? Sure. Well, I was an IT specialist uh, working on uh, really high-end systems, so for big banks, that those sort of things. I moved into contracting in 2007 uh, when everybody was doing it, and um, I kind of survived working through agents. And the market moved down downhill, and I realized oh, I'm going to have to do something different in my career because as an IT guy, I was as I say, top of my very very well known in my field, but I did not know how to sell myself. I didn't know how to price. Um, yeah, and so all all of those things were. I had to go through this huge learning curve. Hmm. And so, so what did you do in those early days when you you had those struggles and you realized there was so much you didn't know about business and pricing? How how did you overcome those challenges? Oh, well, first of all was that I, I avoided it altogether. I insisted on working through agents who I've now realized were uh, themselves not very strong on selling selling to their clients. 
they weren't even strong on pricing. It's not like they were taking a great, uh, you know, great big cut themselves. Uh, I knew what they were, what they were charging, and uh, and I thought they're not really handling. Well, they, they didn't really handle the clients terribly well. I mean, they gave, gave great service and so on, but the, but I thought, well, if they're doing if they're doing this and they've got a business, why can't I? So my intention was still to continue with with all of my IT work, and I've completely dropped that now. Yeah. And so was there a Quite period where you were offering IT services through your own business without going to the agents? Yes, yes, I was doing that, and once again, I was following pretty much their same. The same pattern where okay we charge an hourly rate um, and there was no no guaranteed hours there was no no kind of trusted advisor agreements like they, they would clients would call me anytime and uh, you know do, do i really charge for this do i charge for this email you know it sounds like i was going to be penny pinching doing that and yeah it was a really really bad model and i realized I I need to learn I need to learn this stuff. I was frightened of sales, even frightened of running my own business, and um, uh, I just did not have any confidence there. In and especially with pricing, I thought ah, oh, like discounting. There were all kinds of things that I was doing completely wrong. <laughs> sure. So, and how did you? How did you? You know, because I think a lot of the clients that you worked with, I'm assuming we're used to that agent model, right? The agency model where they, they go to one agency, they hire all their IT specialists or, or whatever else they need through the agencies. How did you break out of yeah. that mold? Yeah, well, it, it broke away from me, really. I mean, the, the market in my particular field of expertise was uh, was going down. It was uh, a little smaller than the, than the mainframe uh, systems. Uh, I was I'm, I was very well known in my field, but the market itself was was well, it just just wasn't there, and so I had a choice. I said, okay, I either I either learn another IT skill and try and keep up with whatever is the latest buzzword, <laughs> whatever the latest thing is in the industry, but I realised that that was getting very very commoditized. Uh, there was a lot of outsourcing to to uh, cheaper countries and. I thought, how am I going to compete? I've got 20, 25 years' experience in my field. That's what I know extremely well. But mm, am I really going to, to try and put, learn how to design websites or, or some other field, move to you know, learning how to move to the cloud? What am I going to do? And I realized that my gift, if you like, was, um, was not more technical stuff. It was something different. And so what happened to like what happened to that market was it just the technology was outdated or or no or replaced by something else like what happened there Well once again it was a probably a commoditization of of the market people moving to more to open source models uh there were some other things in in the market that uh yeah well it just let's say the market moved on the technology itself was still still very good but but the market, shall we say, just moved on. But what was very interesting was that I had to move on not to chase a new IT market. Uh, I, I went in a completely different direction. I was forced to, and now I absolutely love it. So let's let's stop there for a second because I, I think this is uh, this is an important lesson. 
you, know, you spend 25 years working in an industry, building a name for yourself in a particular field, in a particular area. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you've, you know, like you said, you, you made a name for yourself. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that market disappears. I mean, maybe it wasn't sudden, but over time the market disappears yeah. and you're left with this kind of, you know, existential crisis on your hands. Uh, mm. What was that like? Well, the financial crisis as well. And so, yeah, look, it it was it was an emotional roller coaster, as you can imagine, because you're scrambling for work, uh, just happy to accept anything that comes comes across your desk, try and redefine yourself, learn WordPress at a very basic level, chasing totally the wrong market. Oh, I, I just made every every possible mistake, and um, and I, I realised. With having worked on some really big, some very very big companies, I was working, as I say, on banks and manufacturing systems, and and generally I was working. I, I worked on a uh, on a, in a mining company. They they had a a, a really critical uh, uh, change to be to be done. I'd never heard of them, or they'd never heard of me, and they called me in at the last minute, and. Uh, at the last minute, I, I suppose we had two months to go, and we had sixty people working in the office through the night on the night we went live. So you can imagine we had teams of people. We had people from all different com- companies, and and we just had to work together. It all went really. It, it went through very well, but um, it made me realise, goodness, I'm working. I'm not just working on IT. I'm talking to payroll people here. I'm talking to DBAs, the database administrators. Uh, I'm talking to legal people. Uh, I'm talking to people who've got like no idea of the technology, and I'm not talking technical. And that was that was a really that was a big aha moment for me. Okay, and then so where did you take it from there? Well, I've actually gone into into business coaching because I've had to learn all of these things that I didn't know that I thought I could never learn. And I thought it's actually not that hard. I can see other technical people, uh, or I, I see this with legal people, with accountants and so on, and what they do is they're, they've got their superpower. So here's a little exercise um, that I'm, I might uh, that I, I recommend you do. Draw a circle. And say, well, what is my superpower? So when I say superpower, people get a feel <laughs> they might feel a little bit embarrassed, a bit hesitant. I don't have a superpower. Yes, you do. Okay, so that's something that you do. There's some reason that you're here in the world and you are doing something in in your field of expertise. So that you know that could be copywriting. That could be, let's say, it's databases. It could be a BI, so business intelligence specialist. Whatever it is, that's your superpower. Okay. And that's all very interesting and good. But here's the second thing, is that if you take a secondary superpower, you're going to find that that crossover, so a secondary superpower might be there, it might be some particular industry that you know especially well. Or there may be some kind of um, personality angle that you have, some some kind of human dimension that you have that people often comment on. And you'll probably miss it. You'll really have to ask somebody else, what is my – you can't go around asking what's my secondary superpower, but what am I good at? And they will say something like, look, even though you're an IT specialist, you really explain things really, really simply. 
or um, you may be somebody who's great at analytics, so really crunching the numbers and so on, but you've also worked in, say, in the real estate industry, in, say, real estate res residential sales. So what you can do is, is rather than simply say, look, here is my specialty, my first superpower, I'm actually, I've got this crossover into this field as well. And that's where your strength, and that really, really narrows your focus, which is great. So I, I guess a, a pretty common positioning strategy, um, certainly one that both you and I employ, is mm. expertise or superpower in your terms, combined mm. with a market or industry focus. So my expertise is marketing, communication, storytelling strategy, and my industry focus is consulting and professional services because that's where the lion's share of my professional experience lies. In your okay. case, it's business coaching. And obviously, you'll articulate your superpower better than I can, but I'm just, you know, at a high level business coaching. And uh, your secondary superpower, yeah, at least from my perspective, seems to be IT specialist because that's that's your experience. Are there other secondary superpowers that are out that might be outside of an industry market focus? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, I'm I'm a very fast writer. I've I've written for IT magazines, but I started writing maybe four or five years ago, I started writing non-IT things for IT magazines about how to sell yourself. Or I wrote an article one time that got published um, in a US-based magazine saying that why why I love unhappy customers. And so, <laughs> and so really just being able to take a particular angle to be able to uh, be you, – you will often find, especially in – well, it's not only in IT. You would find it with lawyers, with accountants. They've got an amazing ability sometimes to to grasp a small part of some industry that's totally outside their field. And um, and yeah, and so when I say a superpower, people may be uncomfortable with that language. But the idea is that there there is some merging of at least two circles that could be a market vertical. So it could be, you know, for you, it's consulting, which is still very, very broad, uh, or it could be marketing, but it could be some kind of angle, something unique that you bring, which is not anything really to do with your with your um, with your primary uh, expertise. And so what that really comes down to, so I had to learn this lesson. I had some absolutely wonderful mentors, and I still do. And I absolutely recommend that you work with people who are outside of <laughs> outside of your field. Uh, not so much working with your peers. That can help, but you're not selling to your peers. Uh, and, in fact, what you're trying to, to do is – uh, is is really to start to talk the language of people who don't understand what you do, um, and so that's that's re really a, a turning point for me. Uh, so what you're doing is your your what I recommend you do is you start to speak in terms that you know the business owner cares about or the sales manager uh, or whoever it is that you're speaking to who may not care at all. <laughs> about your technology or about your about your professional field. So how does how does this superpower exercise help you speak in the customer's language? Well, 
the, the I mean, well, that's that's the secret is that you're articulating. Uh, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, it's so important to speak in the customer's language. You know that in in marketing, and we all understand that. But let's say that you are. I'll, I'll give an, an example from a, a field that probably you or I don't understand at all. Okay, I'm going to pretend that I'm a dentist. Okay. Okay. Hey, Ahmad, I'm a dentist. I've been doing dentistry for twenty years. I have. I use the latest equipment. I'm up on the on on the the very latest. Um, uh, methodology in the latest developments in dentistry. I use absolutely wonderful, the best anesthetic, so you, you don't feel a thing. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My tooth hurts. Can you fix it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but now, then, no. Well, even before your tooth hurts. All right, so I've spoken about all of my expertise. I don't even know that your tooth hurts. And then I say, so, Ahmad, would you like some, some root canal surgery? <laughs> that sounds terrible. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. Because what I'm doing, and now that's pretty much the way, like I, I, I'm very active on LinkedIn, and that's pretty much the way that most people will try and sell themselves on LinkedIn. It's like that they're applying for a job application. It's as if you, the, you, the customer, are there saying, I need root canal surgery. I know I need root canal surgery. Uh, which, which, who should I use? Okay, but that's not the case at all. You right. may not know that you need root canal surgery. Your problem may be that you can't sleep and you can't find decent painkillers and that you can't concentrate, you can't drive to work because you are uh, because you're in such pain and you're looking for a decent painkiller because these ones haven't been working and it's been like three nights in a row and I'm – and so to you, you, you don't know that you need root canal surgery at all. Right. <laughs> you're, you're looking for a painkiller, and that's what you're searching for. And so that's a question then of me getting in front of you looking for what you're looking for, which is uh, uh, speaking the language that you're – because you're looking at how do, I, how do I focus at work? How do I, how do I drive? How do I well, – I wish I had a proper painkiller here. Sure. And then I'm going to come in and say, listen, you, 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 the painkillers are not going to solve. That's not going to be a permanent solution for your problem. So let's let's dive a little bit deeper there. And now, you know, we we talked cool. back and forth earlier about you know what to cover in this interview. And one of the things that came up was LinkedIn because I know that's an area yeah. of expertise for you, and it's it's something that you do quite a bit of work with uh, with your clients. Um, mm. But you know, you mentioned look, we can get into the mechanics of LinkedIn, but if you don't have your positioning and your message right before you go through that exercise. It's to no avail. Uh, explain why that is. Okay, so I have been on. I, I wouldn't say if you don't have it right beforehand. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a, it's a it's an evolution, but uh, I, I've been on LinkedIn since uh, two thousand and seven, and it's <clears throat> it it never did me anything at all. Never did me any good, and I made a. Uh, call it a tweak, a change, <laughs> a change of approach about four months ago and uh, literally overnight started getting leads, literally overnight, <laughs> which was amazing. And so, yeah, so LinkedIn, as you know, is, is the, the largest professional services network in the world. Uh, it's online. And uh, – I think a lot of people have a, a bit of a love-hate relationship with LinkedIn, and 
And I was there. I'm starting to like it a whole lot more. But, yeah, the the thing is that take the example of the dentist. And I mean, am I speaking to you in your language or in my language? Am I talking about here's what I do, here are my skills, here is all of my uh, – uh, all of the companies that I've worked for and the industries that I've worked in, because in my IT background, I've got a very impressive uh, um, skill set and, and, and work history. Uh, here are the publications that I've written for. That's not the, None of those are reasons why people are going to buy. <clears throat> and so, so really it's a question of finding where it is as I say, I like the, the language of the two superpowers, um, but but starting to speak in in you language, in you focus language, speaking to you, the client, not about me, the service provider, and and really digging down into in, into the pains and the problems that that they have, and in the language that they that they use. Okay. And so what once you have some of that in place and you've you've understood some of that language uh mm. can you go into you know like cuz I think everyone has I always find it interesting to ask people what their LinkedIn approach is cuz there's a lot mm -hmm. of similarities but I find everyone has kind of their own unique way of doing things um <laughs> and you know so I mean I've got you here on on the on the call and I know you're you're a LinkedIn expert um, so I got to ask, right? <laughs> what is your what is your LinkedIn workflow? How do you approach the platform? Okay, so it's quite quite simple. Well, first, I do have a profile which probably doesn't look too much like I. I mean, it does have my work history, like an online CV, but initially, it's the headline is extremely important, uh, and so a lot of people would just say that in terms of their job title like i'm a they may say i'm a sql server freelancer or something like that uh, i'm a software developer i'm a lawyer i'm an accountant i'm a dentist and that's okay to 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 say that but really it's almost like a headline of an article or it's like the subject line of an email that is going to lead people on to to the next part you know am i going to open this email or not um, my strategy itself, yes. Yeah, so, so definitely, I've I've uh, tidied up my profile itself uh, very much and made it more of a dialogue, more of me talking to you as a potential client and talking about your problem. So, taking that dentist analogy, uh, I'm going to speak to you about you know how tired you're feeling. You've got blurry eyes. You're in a lot of pain. You can't find the painkillers, um, and you've tried everything. Okay, so I'm not talking about my dentistry skills. But here's the other strategy which has been super interesting for me is that I will post very, very frequently uh, and a post as opposed to an article, a post takes me like two minutes to write. And uh, I had one post and it, it got like 27,000 views or 37,000 views, I can't even remember now. And... Um, and what happens then, so for those who may not be so familiar with LinkedIn, what happens, so you and I are connected on LinkedIn. I'm like, so the way that that happens is that I have sent you an invitation, hey, let's connect on LinkedIn, and you've accepted, or the other way around, okay? And so we, you and I become first-degree connections. Now, 
you are also connected to a whole lot of other people in the world who are not my connections. Okay? So I will post something about a particular problem. Hey, uh, how, how terrible is it that these small town uh, suppliers like you, you and I, we, when we're working with big companies, they don't pay us for 60 days or 90 days. That is ridiculous. And um, and so I will just speak about that pain because I have a solution for that. <laughs> and um, and so I'll speak about that pain. Now, you're, you might like my post and then people who are connected to you will also like it. They may even comment on my post. Okay, so so if you like, it's a friend of a friend. So a friend of yours has gone and commented on my post, and here's my strategy. It's very, very simple. So somebody, let's say so you're in Canada, let's say somebody else in Canada who is a, a marketer or a copywriter or, or something like that has, has gone and commented on my post. I will then reach out. I'll say, hey, thank you. Let's say it's Jake. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for the like about my post. Um, uh, I, I've, I've looked at your profile. Hey, it's really good. I really like how you say this. Let's connect on LinkedIn. Very, very simple. Okay. And then, and then Jake will probably accept my connection and becomes my first degree connection and is then starting to follow my posts. And, um, that alone <laughs> has, has led people to say, I, I, I put up a post like that about two weeks ago and somebody within an hour who I had never heard of uh, contacted me and said, I need your coaching. And so, so again, these are, just to clarify, these are posts, not articles that we're mm. talking about here, right? Correct. Yeah. And so uh, it's, you, can, you can write articles. Oh, so what the difference is, is that a post it's, was generally only text. So you don't have to be worrying about what image should I use and what headlines and what subheadings. It's also very short. I think maybe 1,200 characters. 1,200 characters is not 1,200 words, okay? <laughs> so somebody who's very verbose like me, you've really got to be efficient. Uh, and and so a post may be just on a particular topic. So it's not selling my skills. Um, like, for example, I did a post just, just uh, in the last uh, 24 hours on uniqueness. Is it the whole idea of unique selling proposition? And I, I didn't really even know this language before. Uh, before I, I, well, before I learned it fairly recently, uh, not that recently, I suppose. But uh, this whole idea of a USP, and and I saw some sales people saying, no, 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 you don't do that, or that that's really not a great way to sell. And others are saying, yes, it is. So I simply asked the question: USP, is it still a thing? Is it still something that is worth mentioning? What is my uniqueness? And and uh, and I got some responses from people across a few different industries, including the timber industry, and um, and most of them saying yes. Here's how you define your uniqueness, or here's how I define mine. Now you can see that if I'm working, say, with an IT person who is struggling to explain what it is that's different about them, then I will I will probably refer back to that post. I'll say, look, I actually know somebody in the timber industry, and his uniqueness is is actually not unique when you go outside the timber industry. But what he's doing is this, which makes him absolutely stand out in the in in timber sales. <laughs> I know nothing about timber sales, but you know that's somebody who could become my client. It's just amazing. <laughs> 
Got it. And so what's happening is I'm actually looking at the post right now. So folks are commenting yeah. and uh, and they're liking. And when they comment or like, then their network sees that show up in their feed that so-and-so has commented or liked uh, this post. And then that's how they discover you. And hopefully that's how a conversation that ensues. How often are you doing these kinds of posts? Well, that was that was a really big um, mental hurdle for me, was that I'm actually posting daily. You don't need to. Uh, but I am posting every day. And I was, the, the big challenge there was not so much uh, thinking of topics, it was uh, the embarrassment. Is that, am I really annoying? I must be annoying all of these people. <laughs> and um, what? so what I did was I actually wrote a post, I actually created a video, a, a little screencast video to say, here, if, if I'm getting annoying to you, here's what you can do. <laughs> here's how to stop following me. Do this. Press this button. And I made it completely for people that don't know the technology at all. Here is exactly how you can stop following me. Okay, because I understand I'm probably annoying you. And I don't think anybody uh, stopped following me. In fact, I've got more followers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that's a very important thing with that if you're actually pitching – uh, that's that's not a that's not a great thing to do. Hey, here are my services. Do you want some? Um, I'm a dentist. Here's my root canal surgery. Would you like to buy? What I would do is I would uh, I would offer. I would say, Hey, I'm I've written this article. I've created this little webinar specifically on the question of uniqueness. I've written an article for. Let's say for IT specialists, <clears throat> let's say you're a, a SQL Server specialist selling to big companies, which is pretty much my my uh, field now. Is that I'm I'm att attracting people who have come out of corporate and are now selling back. They're out on their own and they're now trying to get back into the big companies, but selling as as consultants. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering how do I get in front of these people. What do I say to them? Uh, how do I price it? And so on. And so that's what, what I'm able to help with. Um, yeah, so what I would do is I would say, well, uh, I've written an article on uniqueness or I've written a post or I've got a blog post or watch this webinar. But what I would do is instead of sending it to you, which will, might really annoy you, I might say, hey, I've noticed that you've commented about this uniqueness uh, post, if you like. Uh, I, I, I've written an article. If you're interested, just let me know. I'll, I'll be only too happy to send it to you. So you're really asking for permission. Hmm. And then if they say yes, you send the link, and then you've got a conversation. Yeah, correct. Well, so, for example, this podcast is now going to be a link. Well, I can share that with my network. Uh, once that once that actually gets published, I'll, I can share that with my network. Uh but after after I share that with my network, maybe in a week or, or two afterwards, somebody new may come into my into my ecosystem, and they may be asking a question similar to what you've just asked. How do I do my positioning? I will say, look, as a matter of fact, I, I covered exactly that. Or what do I do to use LinkedIn to get leads? And I'll say, well, as a matter of fact, I covered that in this podcast. I'd be happy to share it to share the link with you if you if you're interested. Okay. So you see how it works? Yeah, absolutely. So my next question is, um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going down the LinkedIn rabbit hole because you've got too many good things to say. So, <laughs> so I've, I've got to, I've got to push, uh, got to push further here. So, um, what about when it comes to new connections and kind of messaging to those new connections early on in the relationship? What's your approach there? 
Yeah, so uh, once again, I'm I'm fairly uh, how should I say? I, I I certainly don't like to be pushy, uh, but what I would do is you, you would be surprised how many people are grateful that you've even read their profile. Uh, it's it's amazing how often people will say, "Wow." Thank you. You've actually read my profile, <laughs> and uh, and there'll there'll always be something. The, the idea is you're always offering value. You're not saying, "Do you want my services?" You're saying, "Look, I see you're a speaker, for example, all right, or you're a podcaster, and that is critical to your business." Hey, Ahmad, why don't you add a background photo of you behind the microphone or of you out on the stage? Because visually, that's Here's how to do it, and visually, that's gonna that's gonna make a really quick impression. Wow, this person is actually giving giving talks in front of audiences. Okay, it builds your authority. It's a very very simple thing for you to fix that you probably have never that you may not have ever thought of. And so I'm offering value there, um, and then people are also following my posts. They will often comment. People that I've never heard of that will often comment. Oh yeah, I've been following you on LinkedIn. I love. I love what you write about. It's always an interesting topic, or or something like that. Uh, the, the very interesting thing for me is that I'm reaching outside of my ecosystem, and so I would I would be getting in front of copywriters or consultants, or um, I've got some lawyers, uh, I've got real estate agents, and I just sort of think I'm not writing about any of these topics, <laughs> but um, but they're they're getting attracted. Right, and. So let, let me ask you this, just on another on another note, because uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through your profile and finding things that, <laughs> that I want to talk to you about. Video <laughs> is, a, is a big thing now, uh, everywhere, um, and, and LinkedIn's making some major changes now in, in adding native video to the platform. How? What kind of role do you think that's going to play going forward? I thought it would be big. Um, uh, I'm, I'm yet to be convinced of that. One of the big challenges for me on LinkedIn was that I had to unlearn everything that I'd learned about social media. <laughs> it was just so counter counterintuitive. On on Facebook, you really want to have images there. You want to have uh, videos. But LinkedIn's algorithm, so how they decide what they decide to present to the world, seems to, at the moment, seems to be uh, favoring text only. And so I will do. So that's really good for me because I, I have done comparisons of if I do a post that has got uh, text in it, only text, or I've got a post that has got links in it as well, or a post that's got images as well, a post that's got videos in it, and depends on the topic. But generally, as a broad brush statement, if you've got text only, that's that's going to do better. That's a very broad brush statement. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm not seeing at the moment, I'm not seeing video except with some exceptions. I would say it's, if your video is a very deeply personal one, here I am on a Sunday afternoon, I'm in my home and it's, uh, it's not slick. It's not, it, it's just, uh, unplugged if you like, <laughs> it's pulling back the curtain of your business and your life, then, then that, that can certainly get uh, a lot more attention. Yeah. Why would that do better than a more professional polished video? Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? I think people are so keen to connect humanly. Oh. Uh, it's yeah, I, I and and so the polished video is not 
typically going to do that. I find, for example, with LinkedIn ads, I find they they always miss the mark. <laughs> and I I just think, like, yeah, they, they don't. I, I I'm I'm not really sure what it is, but I I think people are so cynical, and they're so fed up with having people calling themselves gurus or or ninjas or or using any terminology that looks salesy. I think anything that you can do to pull back the curtain and to to remove some of those barriers uh, is is going to be a great thing. Yeah, I, I'm, and I'm seeing that a lot now. Uh, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I've been very interested in, in Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, kind of mantra around yeah. this. You know, document, don't yeah. create, right? And I'm yeah. seeing that. I'm seeing that in a couple of different ways. I'm seeing a lot of people doing what you're doing with this kind of daily or almost daily LinkedIn post, where you've mm-hmm. got. And I think the strategy makes a ton of sense, especially now that LinkedIn articles, at least in my, you know, in in, in my observations don't seem to be getting as much traction as they used to once that notification has been taken away. Uh, the post is more immediate. It shows up in the feed um, and you're more likely to get someone to consume it. So doing that and then either tackling a really specific topic like you have in your posts or um, sharing something very personal, something that's almost like you almost feel like you shouldn't be sharing it on LinkedIn. And that okay. seems to be standing out because because it's almost a, a little bit unexpected. So I have tended to avoid that on LinkedIn. My personality comes through, um, but uh, generally I, I have avoided that on LinkedIn. But I I I, I, I see both things happening. Um, it's 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 a bit tricky. Uh, and inter- interestingly, you mentioned about the articles. Sometimes I have written an article and also written a post to say, hey, here's this article. The post has performed extremely well and the article has not. <laughs> exactly the same topic. Yeah. Um, and so that really seems to indicate uh, what LinkedIn themselves admitted a few months ago, which is that articles are really just more of a library uh, if you if you want to keep keep something there, but not really for distribution. The idea is that you you want to use posts. Now, I have actually broken that. I have actually been able to have some success with posts, with articles rather. But but it's great news if you are writing uh, and if you feel like you're not a writer because you don't need to write that much and you don't really have to overthink it. But what's been really fascinating for me is that this has put me in front of some markets that I had no idea uh, that I was even seeing. Like I've got some e-learning consultants, people who create e-learning courses, uh, and got in touch. Somebody who was in my general ecosystem saw it, and then all of a sudden I started getting these e-learning consultants from Melbourne. And then at the same post, uh, I, I started getting some writers from, I think it was writers from Canada. Well, what connections have I got with Canada? And uh, I've got lots of them. And so really what you're doing is – and that's been really amazing for me. In fact, even with my networking, I do a lot of face-to-face networking as well, um, which I dreaded doing. And I'm, But what I've done was instead of going to technical conferences or going to where my clients are, I've been going in a, in a different direction. And, and what I'll find is that people are then – I'm then getting access to other people's audiences that – it, that I never would have, and they're just so amazed to have a stranger come up <laughs> and turn up. Wow, like, this is somebody who understands IT who's here at this procurement conference. Like, what gives? This is this is amazing. Yeah, and so um, 
uh, or something in supply chain. Like these are fields I knew nothing about. I've now published a book on procurement uh, with a lady who's published like over thirty of them. And how did that happen? Well, once again, it's it's similar to my LinkedIn strategy. You're actually reaching outside your own superpower. You're out outside of your own circle into some some other field that maybe you're not terribly comfortable with, and that's a great strategy in terms of your business as well. Excellent. Well, Anthony, this has been really insightful, and I'm glad we got into the weeds because I I found it particularly valuable. Anything you you want to share, um, either about the superpower discussion or or LinkedIn in general before we wrap up? Well, I would simply say that if you dare, follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> you can always unfollow me, but but there there will be a chance. So you don't actually have to be creating new content yourself. Sometimes it's enough just to comment on somebody else's. And so you only have to write one or two sentences. And that alone is going to put you in front of a new audience. So it's a very, very simple strategy. Well, Anthony, I will be following. <laughs> and you know what? I may, I may try something very similar. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, we'll have a link to Anthony's uh, LinkedIn profile in the show notes to this episode. Uh, but you can always look him up at Anthony English. Uh, and Anthony, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Amon. Hey, it's Ahmed here again. Before I let you go, there are two things I want you to do. The first is, if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play by visiting forecast.fm and clicking on the relevant link. While you're at it, please do leave us a rating or a review because it helps more people discover the show. The second thing is I want you to grab my free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms. Inside the course, you will get a step-by-step -step framework to help you generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Thanks for listening.